So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 10, Episode 8 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Manuel is not taking kindly to Ashley's coffee habit. Jasmine confronts Gino about his bachelor party. Nikki and Igor ask, ask for his parents' blessing. Sophie and Rob move into a new Airbnb. Nick and Devin make it to the States and to a creepy parking garage. And Clayton and Annalie take a trip to get away from Closet Mom. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK, where we're now covering the current season of Love After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are things with you? Uh, pretty good. I had a great Thanksgiving. Good. You know, I had lots of food, lots of friends and family. It was a good time. How about you? Yeah, lots of uh, good food. Still working on those leftovers. I think I heard somewhere on the radio today that you're only supposed to eat leftovers three days after. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's going to be weeks. That's not even uh, yeah. That's not even my standard like leftovers like for regular weeks. It's like I, I get seven days is my limit. After, once it's in, the, once it's been in there for a week, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with going past. I mean, there I've certainly eaten some questionable things recently. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did this gravy have lumps before? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it's more like, oh, this pasta tastes a little vinegary. Okay, probably shouldn't be eating that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's just move on to a couple we barely saw much of uh, this episode, and that's Nick and Devin. So Nick and Devin are getting ready to leave Korea. Nick says that he will miss his friends and family, as Devin promises that they will come back to visit. Nick had never thought about the U.S., but he's really just going for Devin. Nick and Devin land in Memphis, and Devin encourages Nick to walk faster. Nick is nervous about living with Devin's parents. He wants to respect her parents and their culture. Devin's parents greet Nick with a big hug. Kevin, Devin's dad, thinks that this must be a weird situation for Nick. Katrina, Devin's mom, thinks that it will be interesting uh, everyone getting to know each other. Nick kind of front loads her parents by uh, asking them to be patient with his English because he says it's not perfect. And he also admits that their accents are difficult for him. Uh, Nick is a little surprised by how dark and scary the parking garage is. And Katrina does confirm that Memphis is a dangerous city. So Nick is like ready to get out of there. Mm hmm. All right. So um, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a good first impression for Nick. Do you think that he is going to be someone who is a nervous Nelly out and about? I mean, I think it's a little tricky because these are country people who like drove to the big city, right, yeah. to, to get there. And so they're, they're like extra afraid of cities. But it is kind of weird that I don't know if if I feel like it's other. It's kind of our U.S. car culture, right? When we go mm -hmm. to airports and like the first thing we see as Americans of any city that we go to is a dank, cold, like dark parking garage. Yeah, like, like wherever yeah, you like go. Sophie and Rob and their like <laughs> yeah, creepy it, it, elevator. Yeah, and I'm thinking about like like even when you go to Vegas and you're like, oh, the big lights in the city. You go to that little corner where all the Ubers are, and you're just like, uh, there's this crowded <laughs> and there's it's concrete. This is not right, and that's all the cities. And it's like there's no good nice train you get onto and 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 go into the big city and like it's it so it is kind of like I never thought of it that way it's like the mm -hmm. first thing you see of America for everyone is parking garage that's like the yeah. first thing we have to offer you um but I don't know so I think once they get in, once his parents get to some place where they're more comfortable it's going to be 
a little bit better. But I got to say, I was surprised at her parents. Like, she's so reserved and quiet. Right. And her parents are so outgoing and, like, jubilant. It was it was kind of shocking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I can see that they're not – don't really feel like they're part of the same family in a lot of ways. Uh, Looks-wise and, you know, personality-wise. Although I was kind of – intrigued by the fact that Devin rhymes with Kevin and that's her dad's name. I was like, is that done on purpose? Is What's that done on purpose? Here? Sometimes they do that. Like, you know, like, uh, who was it? There was like people, you know, like George Foreman, his daughter's like Georgina or something like that. He's oh got gosh. all Georges and a Georgina. But like, yeah, but I mean, part of it too is we did see an interview part, a very short interview part where, you know, it was like, oh, the clock started as soon as you hit the ground with, with Devin. And it definitely lent a lot of credence to the she was drunk it the whole time in Korea and just like was like just slurring and mumbling the whole time. Yeah. Because this time I was like, oh, she she can put together complete sentences. Look at right. this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it says it didn't see much of them. But uh, you know who we did see a lot of? And this is what I saw via Reddit. I saw this on Reddit that this is the 26th straight week in a row that Gino and Jasmine have been on our TV screens. Oh, 26. In a half of half a, year, a year, my goodness. half a year, they've been on it every single week. So they're here now, and Gino is trying to use his engineering degree to put together Coco's bed stairs. So he's still salty that Jasmine got so upset about finding all that random stuff that he never threw out from his closet, and he has no idea what's coming with the bachelor party. He's like, hopefully that do- that kind of thing doesn't happen again. God. So Jasmine just comes in and says. Like she sits down like accusatorily. I was like, she's like, I would love to know what you did the day before I got here. And then Gino's, <laughs> Gino's that face he makes when he's lying just immediately oh, pops up on his face. Just like, ooh, and dumb face. And he's like, oh, but the day the day before you got here, ah, oh, man, I just, uh, I, I, I don't even think we went out that day. And and she's like, well, did you do something with Dana and Anthony? And he's like, well, are could you be like referring to my bachelor party? And, oh my gosh. Like, so she doesn't quite go off a chain yet, but because she, she says, I'm not mad about that. I had a bachelorette party. There were dicks in my face. And uh, it's only fair that you get a bachelor party. But she's upset that he didn't tell her about it. So why didn't you tell me about it? So he just says he didn't want her to get mad. I'm afraid she was going to get mad. So then she asked, well, then when were you planning on telling me? And he was like, well, I wasn't planning on telling unless unless you brought it up. And she was like, why would I bring up something I don't know about? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you were never going to tell me about it. So um, she asked, then she goes on to, what did you do at this bachelor party? And then he's like, we went to a strip club. That's what people do at bachelor parties. They go to strip clubs. Oh, I hate this dude. So, and then, well, that's the thing. It's like, but he said, but I was a good boy. I didn't ask for dances or touch any girls, which they immediately show video footage of not being <laughs> true. He's slapping girls on the ass. They're riding him like a horse. It's all kinds oh of things gosh. going on. Oh, my gosh. So Jasmine starts crying again. It's the same kind of crying she was doing in the parking lot after she found the lip gloss. Only she's very up. She's upset. She tries to explain why she's upset through the tears. And it's not that she's upset. She always has to find out things from everybody else. And when she does confront him about it, he's just all like nonchalant, pretends it's not a big deal, pretends it's something she already knew. Why are you even upset about this? When it, you know, when it was like, you didn't tell me because you thought I would get upset. 
And then when I did get upset, you're like, well, I don't understand. You're upset. I don't understand why you'd be upset. I know. Like, you, He's such a liar. He's yeah. a gaslighting <laughs> asshole liar. Right. And then so, so – and then within like five seconds of, of starting to cry, she's like, I don't want to marry you. Buy me a ticket to Panama. Walks out. So to that, you know, he just says she's overreacting and then – you know, there's a whole dramatic – she tosses the ring back at him and he's just – at this point, he's just like, yes, yeah, happened before. It'll blow over. It'll be fine. Like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this, but it'll blow over. It'll be fine. So yeah. she, it, it, a stupid cycle seems to be wearing on him just as much as it's wearing on him. So I saw where you are. So, I mean, yeah, like this is not an overreaction, right? Like he was no. exactly lying to her. He was totally lying to her. And then he, like, tries to make it out like, oh, you know, like, I don't know why she's so mad. It's like, well, what do you mean you don't know why she's so mad? You hid it for her for a reason because you thought that she was going to get mad. So obviously you have some idea that this is something that she's not going to be happy with. And I agree with her, like, 100%. Like, she wasn't overreacting to the fact that he went to a strip club. She never even questioned what did you do at the strip club you know did you have women he brought all that up on his Mm -hmm. own the only thing that she cared about and she i felt like she did a pretty good job at communicating what the issue is the issue is that he hid it from her she had to find out from someone else and that if it weren't from for someone else he would have never said anything to her about it right and i mean and the way he did it the way he was like i did not go out the night before you got here and then she mentions – didn't mention the bachelor party. He's like, are you talking about my bachelor party? Which was yeah. definitely the night before she he got there. So like he was lying and then just like, yes. what? Then he realizes, yeah, like, oh, OK. Well, she Yeah, but knows. then the way he says it to try to make her sound like – Yeah. You, like the, he said, are you talking about my bachelor party? Like he like – she, like she was known. supposed to know yeah. about, have known about, yeah. right? And that's, that's what people go with. The, that's why they use the gaslighting and stuff like that. Yeah. Like why are you – trying to like make her feel make her feel like the crazy one when you're the one who's lying yeah and also the annoying part is he was so condescending when he was like people in america they go to strip clubs that's what they do on their bachelor party people here they're okay with it and it's just like listen not everybody here is okay with it i can certainly point out oh, a few yeah, for sure. wives yes. that would not have been okay with their fiancés at the time going to strip club so he can't act like this is like an american thing and all americans are okay with strip clubs cuz not everybody is a strip strip right, club but person. that depends on who you talk to like right, the, the guys exactly. who are really into strip clubs think that all guys are into strip clubs oh, and think that all women have to be okay with strip clubs and yeah and so it is, yeah, a bit of that. But also, she was right. It would be hypocritical of her because there yeah. was seen. There were like there was like banana hammocks and stuff at her at her sure. party, right? Like it's not like it's oh, you can't watch the women. So she wasn't doing that, which is I think would have been you know something that she's smart enough to know would have gotten people off her side if she was right. like, no, you can't be with stripper. I can do with stripper things. I can use my teeth to put dollar bills in a guy's thong. Right. You can't do that to women. And she was – I don't know if she really believes that or if she was just smart enough to be like, well, that would be hypocritical. I'm not mm-hmm. going to look like that. I'm going to be – focus my anger on another part. Right. But yeah, it's it just his – and that's stupid – that because she's mentioned it last time, the face he makes when he's lying. Yes. He has that same face. And as soon as you see it, you're like, oh, shit. Like oh, this guy. God, this guy. <laughs> so annoying. Uh, speaking of stupid faces and that guy, we got Ashley Emanuel. Ooh, 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Ashley is telling Manuel that they will be gone the whole day, so he'll need comfortable shoes. She insists that they will need to get coffee, which Manuel objects to because he says there's coffee in the house. He says he has never met anyone who drinks as much coffee as Ashley, and it especially bothers him because she buys two or three coffees a day, which is not money conscious. Manuel says that Ashley lives like money-wise day to day, and he's a saver. Manuel thinks that she should thank him for helping her save money. Mm. Ashley has a coffee in a mason jar for some reason. Uh, we're going to discuss this that later. This whole scene is <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> and then asks Manuel to hold it for her in the car. But she also has a coffee in a travel mug along with a can of coffee. <laughs> so between the two of them, they're trying to juggle all these coffees. And Manuel is just so annoyed. And he says at one point, he just doesn't want to hold her stuff anymore. Ashley doesn't think she's doing anything wrong. She's just living, you know, trying to juggle all these coffees while also trying to do things on her phone. (laughs) And drive. And And drive. drive. She was driving this whole time. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So Ashley calls her friend Alicia because she's annoyed that Manuel is giving her a hard time about all the coffees. Manuel says that she has no self-control and can't believe that she would call her friend and talk shit about him in English when he knows that she's talking about him. And because clearly she's saying coffee like a hundred times. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Manuel, coffee. (laughs) So he doesn't know exactly what she's saying, but obviously he knows it's about him. Ashley doesn't feel like they're on the same page. She tells her friend that she wants to just get through this already, which I don't even know what she's trying to say. Get through the (laughs) marriage, get through the 90 days. Like, anyways, later, Ashley meets up with Alicia and her other friend, Solly, to make candles. Ashley says that they only seem to be on the same page in the bedroom. Ashley says that when they first met, they were always in a group setting, either with his family or with friends. So right now in their relationship, it feels like they're just getting to know each other. And in a lot of ways, it makes it feel like they're going backwards. Ashley says they're planning for 30 people for their wedding and Manuel has a suit. And that's about as much progress they've made. Alicia brings up sending money to Manuel's family. Ashley doesn't really relate, which is why it's a point of tension between them. Ashley didn't think Manuel was going to just desert his family, but she didn't realize that she was going to have to take on that responsibility for him. Manuel says he hopes to be able to pay her back someday. Ashley recognizes this is a monthly bill and asks Manuel how much he thinks that it's going to be in the future. And he says about $300. Manuel doesn't think that this is anybody's business, so he doesn't understand why he's they're talking about it with the friends. Solly and Alicia both understand where Manuel is coming from, but they think that this should have been communicated before he got there and it became Ashley's burden. Manuel thinks that Ashley came with a cat and dog and spends a lot of money on them, so how is this any different? Uh, he walks out on the outing and says he's going home, and then we see Solly, one of the friends, go after him. All right, so uh, do you, I don't even know if Ashley didn't even seem like she really objected so much to the $300. Um, she just, you know, seemed like she was like, I just need to know. Just don't hide this from me and like spring it on me the last minute. Like, yeah, how much is this going to be? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like. The way he reacted to it, I think there might have been mm-hmm. other conversations where she said, that's a lot of money. I can't afford to do that. 
Yeah. Right. Because the way he kept bringing up, oh, you can afford coffees. You can afford the $150 bill for your dog, but you can't afford $300 for my children. What the hell, right. man? That's bullshit, right? Yeah. It would seem to be his position, right? Yeah. And so I understand if where she's coming from was, hey, I just need to know. I need to put this in my budget. If there's going to be a budget, I need to put this in my budget. But right. I don't even know if it was that because I think it's also – the other thing he wants is he wants it no strings attached. He doesn't right. want well, – what do they spend the money on? Well, what do they do this month? And because he's also like doesn't want to say a number and have – like he said it. Like my brother gets sick next month and I got to send more, right? So I don't want to be like, well, no, we agreed on 300. He doesn't want to have that argument every time either. Um, yeah. And so I don't know. I just – as annoying as Manuel is this episode, I found myself on his side for a lot of the arguments – now, not necessarily on the prices, right? Because he's like, right. oh, he's been $100, $50 on the vet bill. Vet bill. First of all, that's a pretty cheap vet bill. I know, like, right? Um, and second of all, that's probably for the year, right? And he's talking about yeah. spending $300 a month. That's significantly different and significantly more. Right. But then let's think about the coffee. Let's just for rounding purposes say that it's $5 a coffee and she's getting $2 a uh, $2 or sorry, two coffees a day. And he says seven days a week. So that's $70 mm-hmm. a week, 70 yeah. times four. That's 280. That's pretty close to how much you would spend, uh, you know, give to your family. You don't understand, Miss H. If you don't spend it in coffee, it just goes in the gas tank. So what's the difference? Oh, my oh, gosh. the dumbest thing I've heard anyone say. Well, I think like, it goes back to what Manuel was saying. Like, she lives day to day. If she has money, she spends it. Yeah. Oh, that that is a paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Like, bad spending habits type person. It's like, at the end of the week, I'm not going to have any money in my bank account. So right. whatever. I'm not going to have any money in my bank account. Because it's like... For me, it's like you had to get gas whether or not you bought the coffees. You still needed gas in your car. Like you're right. spending – that's the un- unchangeable spending. But I'm also not a person who has a travel mug of coffee, oh my an gosh. open mason jar without <laughs> yeah, a no lid. lid. Oh, my <laughs> no gosh. No lid. Just half full of the milkiest coffee I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my Just goodness. like all milk and sugar. And then he says – she says – I mean – you don't drink coffee, and I know you don't drink coffee. Uh, yeah, I don't. But it's just the infuriating thing of hold this coffee so I can open a can, another can of coffee. And I drink that instead. I was like, "What are you doing?" I don't have to drink coffee to know that that was absurd. <laughs> was you don't need ridiculous. to be juggling three coffees. It was just like three open containers of coffee. Oh my goodness! Why do you have? She told him to hold the coffee so she could open a different coffee. It's oh my crazy. gosh. It was so ridiculous. It was like a clown car in there. I was like, what is it happening? Was. And you're right. And all this time, she's poking at her phone trying to get the maps or something to work on her phone while she's already on the road and is like, I don't understand why you're so upset. <laughs> you have oh my all, oh my God. And that was the cheap way. That was without stopping to buy it. So it's like, I mean, I also didn't. And then to top all that off, when you're like, I'm not holding your mason jar of coffee anymore, right. which is a completely reasonable stance to take. Right. She's like, hold on. You have to sit here in silence while I call my friend to decompress about all the stress that you're causing me. And I can talk shit about you while you're sitting next to me in the car. Oh, it's, my gosh. It's, it's just – it is – and as much as I didn't like Manuel, that's absurd. <laughs> right. No, that whole thing is absurd. But I mean honestly, these people should not be together. 
They should Ooh. not be together. And I don't know why. Is the sex really like that important that it's going to trap you for life? I mean, that's all I can think is how good is this sex that it's just like all that it's worth all of this? Oh, my like, gosh. I feel like you could take like a, a, a like a 90 percent as good of some <laughs> as good sex life. And, and it's not even that I don't even think that they have that good of a sex life as much as mm-hmm. when they do it, it's really good. Right. That like, couldn't you take like a little knock on that just to relieve all this other pressure of you being completely different people that don't get along and don't see eye to eye on almost anything? Yeah, I don't get it. It confuses me. These people should not be together. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say other things that confuse me, but let's talk about Nikki and Igor. Oh, gosh. So Nikki and Igor is going to put a pause on the argument. They're still in the car. Remember, they had a huge blowout in the car on the way to his parents' house. And they're getting close to his parents' house where – um, which is the place where it means a lot to Igor. It's where he, where he saw cows doing it for the first time. God. So it's going to be tough and uh, they want to kind of improve the vibe before they get into his family. So you first meet Igor's stepdad, Daniel, um, and his mother, Maya. And Igor is nervous that they're going to be weird now that they know Nikki is trans, but whether mom can forgive and also whether mom can forgive the breakup from before. Remember, this is a whole thing. So the dog, whose name is Jessica Delilah, keeps Nikki and Daniel company until Igor and Maya come out with the food. So Maya tells us that she's not really surprised uh, when she found out that the two of them had gotten back together, uh, even though she's not sure what exactly went down when they broke up. She says it took Igor something like two years to finally pull himself together after their breakup. And we back in the house, we she has a surprise for Nicole and brings out an old photo album of the family, which includes – photos with Nikki in them, including the one where she insists that he looks like Justin Timberlake, but he looks like Eminem. Um, (laughs) So, and another photo, but the important thing is she is in the photo album with the family. So Nikki says this means a lot to her that Maya kept all the pictures and, you know, it was included with the family photo albums. So then Daniel and Maya uh, get up to get the cake and Nikki and Igor share a weird moment with chocolate. They both like put it in their teeth and make it look like they have dirty teeth and they're like, oh, oh. It was weird. Yeah, it was very odd. Not my not my sense of humor. So I guess if that works for them, that works for them. <laughs> so he thinks that are going. He thinks things are going well, and credits the and credits kind of himself for the work that he's done to prepare his family for this level of acceptance, and that means a lot to Nikki. So they soon get to tea and cake, and Nikki Nikki says the K one is probably going to be approved in about four months. So ask the ask mom and dad how they feel about him leaving. So Maya says she's going to miss him and is worried for him because the last time he went to America for a K-1 visa, it did not go very well. And he came back very upset and very hurt. And thinking of that time brings her to tears. So Nikki says that she was worried at the time too, but Maya is uh, like she needs to leave the room to help collect her thoughts, collect herself. And Igor and Daniel go with her, leaving Nikki just alone. Like even they even take the dog, I think. <laughs> so she says she didn't want, want it to be so emotional and she doesn't want to relive the past, but also doesn't want to repeat the past. So meanwhile, outside, Maya's emotional about the time and the distance. It's more about Igor leaving and like, you know, being so far away from his mother. And she's giving him a lot of guilt about it. So he's not shocked because he says that, you know, he's not shocked she's emotional because in, in Moldova, they often cover their emotion with jokes and smiles. And so, you know, underneath of that is all this emotion. She comes back in and explains to Nikki why she was upset. Nikki reassures her that Igor's in good hands with her. And then Nikki brings up uh, 
their acceptance of her being trans. So Maya kind of has like, I don't know, a prepared thing that she kind of has been rehearsing, it seems like. You know, that while Moldova is a conservative place, times are changing and, you know, people are better respected to be able to choose their own paths, is the way she put it. Then at this point, Vicky asks for their blessing for them to get married and Maya gives it. So they say that she's going to be invited to the engagement party they're having on Saturday. And so that everything went really well. And Nikki and Igor feel much better about things So after this meeting. So I feel like this was the kind of a classic 90-day pull. A whole lot mm-hmm. of big buildup of, will my mom accept it? Will my mom be okay with it? And then it's just fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I thought, though, was the most notable about this uh, segment was, man – Igor's English is actually really bad (laughs) when he was trying to translate. At one point, Nikki was saying a bunch of stuff. And so his translation was, uh, and many other English words. (laughs) 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 And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so sad. Like, I don't know if it's just going by so fast or you really don't know what Nikki's saying. But he like turns his parents like, she's saying this and a lot of other English words. I don't really know. Uh, I kind of lost it there in the middle. Like, I, I, which part of translating is being able to do two things at the same time, mm-hmm. which is hard because you have to be listening and talking a lot of the times at the same time. And yeah. he doesn't have that. But also, it's just we've been fooled before. His his diction is good enough that it sounds yes. like he's really good at English, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's not – his knowledge of English is not as good as his English sounds. So right. it's misleading. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, we even said like – or he even said, you know, he – started using Duolingo because he wants to know what Nikki's saying when she's yelling at him. <laughs> right. Right. And so, yeah, we, we get a lot of that. But so, but I mean, everybody seemed to be happy. I mean, it was kind of, for, for as far as these two go, it was pretty uneventful. The parents were right. around, so she wasn't begging him for sex or talking to God, the parents about how your son doesn't give me cunnilingus anymore. So at least oh, we're God. Like, <laughs> Which it might come next episode. I feel like she – I wouldn't put that past her at all. Yeah. I, I have no idea. But, you know, we've said we don't see this couple making it out of Moldova. So right. I, we're I don't still know. Like, she said she was just four weeks, at least four weeks off of a K-1. Yeah. Like – and I mean, Yeah, they don't it, even have their K-1. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like they should be on before the 90 days. I guess there really isn't a show that is – like really made for them because they've already met each other. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, Before the they, 90 is usually the first time they meet. Yeah. Right. Uh, they did get engaged again uh, in Mexico. And, you know, I don't know. They don't really fit into any category of things. Right. But there's no I – mean, just, it's, it's, it's just weird how this is going along is that we have other mm-hmm. couples who are like into the 50s, like 50s, yeah. 59 days to wed. And right. these people are like – you know, four weeks Zero. off of negative. The, the negative. Yeah, they're like negative 107, like, you know? Right. Right? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's confused. But yeah, the fact that they're not here yet is like just me making me be like, I don't think they're going to make it just because they're not here. I mean, right. they're not here and we're getting a new couple next week, apparently, which we'll talk about later. Okay, but yeah. And this is like news to us that he doesn't even have the visa yet. Yeah. I mean, I thought we'd. Oh, I, do we know that or not? Because she said four weeks off. She, I like, don't. Yeah, I know she said four weeks off, that? but I don't know if that was news to us or if that was. Yeah, no, I think it is news to us. Like this is news to us. Four weeks off, and it's like, how could you arbitrarily say that? You don't know it's four weeks off. Every, yeah, because everybody this whole time is like, I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know when it's right. going to come. I don't know when it's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, Tal, let's move on to Sophie and Rob. So Sophie is packing up her stuff to move back to Rob's house. Heaps waving the rose he got in her face as if to remind her that he's a good guy who just made a mistake. Sophie is staying with Rob because he didn't technically cheat, even though he did do something that he he knew would hurt her. Sophie has doubts that he'll actually be able to prove that he can be trusted in the next 90 days, but she does put the ring back on. The next day, Rob has a surprise for Sophie at the beach. She's excited to see what he has planned because he doesn't have a great track record of surprises. He walks her to a house that is on the beach and leads her upstairs. Sophie thinks that Rob thinks that romance is basically expensive things, but all she really wants is for him to be sweet like he was before they were together. Rob is super proud that he found a place with a bathroom inside the house, which is like, why are you proud of that? That's like every house. (laughs) Rob tells her that he wishes he could do more things like this for her and he won't always be able to, but he'll always try his best. Rob and Sophie are enjoying the fire outside with some food and a glass of wine. Rob has bought Sophie's favorite Indian food. He continues to apologize to Sophie and tells her that he's trying to show her he's sorry. Sophie says he can't just act like nothing happened and that he really did hurt her. He admits that nothing he did was appropriate. He asks if she forgives him or ever will, and Sophie says that she has forgiven, although she hasn't forgotten. She says if anything like this happens again, he has absolutely no excuse because she's there, so she will leave. Sophie says that she's still going to check his phone, and Rob gives the same stupid line as last week that if she ever thinks of the mistakes of his past to think about the potential of their future. Rob thinks as long as they push out all the negativity that they will work. Sophie then asks him to make a toast, but just to her, and he says that he would live in a hobbit hole without her. Sophie has gone to a coffee shop to video call her mom, and her mom is worried and concerned. Her mom says that their relationship is insane because Sophie keeps giving Rob chances and he never seems to change. Sophie's mom asks how she knows he isn't doing anything else that's stupid, and Sophie admits that she's had Rob's location on her phone, so she knows he never really leaves his house for anything. Sophie's mom says that Rob is annoying and boring. She thinks that he only makes Sophie happy some of the time, like 33% of the time. Hmm. Her mom is flying out to see the situation in a week or two, and Sophie is nervous that her mom is going to be the one to cause problems. Sophie says that her mom used to disagree with how Rob talked to Sophie, but Rob also disagrees with how Sophie's mom talks to Sophie, so they just both don't like each other, like, in defense of Sophie. All right, so just because Rob never leaves the house, does that mean he is innocent of anything? She knows girls can visit his house, right? I like, know. It's like, <laughs> she's like, no, no woman in their right mind would ever go to this house without a bathroom inside. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I would, I would assume if I'm like, if this is his house and there's no mm. bathroom inside, like he's going to their place. Like there's no way, no way he's going to, I mean, he might bring a woman back. It's just, could you imagine if you just hooked up with somebody and you have to get up to use the bathroom? It's like, yeah, it's outside. Like, oh, you, have to do, you have to do the walk of shame to the bathroom? Like, what is this? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but I was like, how is that even proof? Who knows? Maybe he could just leave his phone at the house. Well, he would have to be conscious of the fact that she's tracking him and she says that he doesn't know. Yeah, I don't know if it, that's true. I mean, he could, he could, if he was, I mean, I, I, I feel like not that I'm not a cheater and I would never do any of this sort of thing. But if I did, 
I would a thousand percent use a burner phone for it. Like, right. I would, I would yeah. not be doing it on my regular phone with my regular phone number. Like, I know of um, – I used to date someone and he told me about this whole scandalous thing about how um, his coworker was like uh, engaged to another coworker, but he was cheating on her with his ex-fiance and they lived together. And he doesn't want to like, you know – cause any drama by telling his other coworker that this is happening because they're all coworkers, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he said that the coworker would leave his phone at home and ride his bike to her house. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Right? No technology yeah. tracking him there. The car's at home, so he's got to be within, like, you know, closest to home. You probably wouldn't think about, like, I'm just going for exercise. I, like, left my oh, phone at home because I'm going yeah, for a bike ride. bike ride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never your... run with my phone. I could say I was running somewhere, you know, like if I was in the same situation. Oh, that's funny. I always, I always run with my phone because my phone, my watch doesn't have GPS on it. So oh. <laughs> it piggybacks off my uh, phone's GPS. Yeah, I was going to say, my watch does have GPS on it. But I mean, it doesn't tell me where I'm going. I, you know, know where I'm going, but it tracks like my mileage. And yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. That. It's actually, yeah. The, I, the GPS, I only do for the mileage and stuff and the speed. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the, so yeah, my watch has that. So. Yeah, I wouldn't think to use my phone for anything like that. But right, so yeah, it's just but yeah, so it's it's between that and it's like this whole. I, I get what she's saying with the romantic, like the romantic is what did you yes. buy me, right? Yeah, what did you buy? That's what's rom- that's what romance is. And like, she's like, just don't cheat on me. That's romantic. <laughs> and just be like cool, like like. And that's the thing is, I feel like. I feel like when they were talking online, he was probably like really sweet and really engaging. Yeah. And now he gets here and he's just be like, oh man, I'm so cool. Hey. And she's like, stop doing that. Like just be yeah. the sweet person that I talked to. But, but especially because the cameras are here and he wants to look cool on TV. And right. Like, and, and I think that's not – and I think not for nothing. That's probably also why he got this new place, which is just an – how long is he going to be there? It's an Airbnb, I know. right? I was like, okay, so it's like a night. But a lot of these beach places won't let you just like crash for a night. It's usually a week and it's not cheap. Depend. It probably is a week there. Uh, it is depends probably, on the time of year. Uh, I, time of year, if it's like colder out, you could get a lot cheaper. If it was in the height of summer, heck no. It probably costs you like 2000 a week or something. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be probably what his rent is to get it yeah. for a week, right? And – but I mean it, my, you know, conspiracy theory thing is, is like, no, this is production being like, dude, we are tired of trying to film in your cramped ass <laughs> nothing apartment. Get someplace bigger for us to film for the rest of the season, please, God. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I actually really appreciate that Sophie's mom does not like Rob. And I really, yeah, she really hope. like Rob because Rob, she was right. Rob the knob. Like it's, that is 100 percent. Yes, that is accurate. Yes, that I is know. Exactly but is. I really hope that Sophie actually listens to her mom, too, you know? Yeah, no. I it just, seems like they're close. He's just, he's, he's just, and I, I, I was, I, as I keep thinking like, man, if she was older than twenty three, she yeah. would see through him so fast, yeah. and that's why he's dating a twenty three year old, right? Yeah, this, probably. She would immediately, if she was thirty one, she'd be like, this guy is all talk, all talk, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so bringing us to people who aren't all talk is Clayton and Annalie. So Clayton and Annalie are bringing a plastic kiddie pool into the house for the guinea pig's bath. So she's not a big fan of being part of this process because they're his pets. And frankly, she never got any pets because she didn't want to have to do this crap. So he bathes the excited guinea pig. He knows it's excited because of the specific noise it's making. And Annalie asks after his sister Brandy – that after – 
Annalee asks after his sister Brandy stormed out of the bar last episode. So Annalee is shocked about the things that Brandy said to her and she's, you know, asking about it. So Clayton wants to visit Brandy himself or themselves together to help smooth things over. He thinks the solution to his sister insulting his fiance is the kind of a solution that every guy has on the show when two of, of, of women in his life are arguing. They just need to spend more time together. But Annalee has her own problems to deal with and she kind of leaves the house to go to, to go to some really nice looking indoor pool and call her mother. So mom talks about her glucose, which is kind of our window into how she has a lot of medical problems. And mom knows – mom, unlike dad, knows about Clayton and why Annalie is there. And Annalie tells her that living space is small and like there was another – I don't know if it was – I don't think it was the swimming pool thing. But she had – he said – she said that Clayton made him – made her clean up the guinea pigs because he's allergic. Which and then she's makes like, no sense. Why do you have two guinea pigs if you're allergic to them? Yeah. Yeah. Very confusing to everybody. And then also she tells mom about how Brandy accused her of just being there for the green card. So this brings mom to tears, not only because, you know, she feels so alone and lonely without her, but because all of that feelings, all of that moving, everything is going to be for naught if Annalie's not even happy in the U.S. So we see them again with 59 days to wed and Clayton is sarcastically impressed about how nice she looks because she's like, let's go. She's like, five minutes. And he's like, wow, you did all that in five minutes? It's kind of dumb. So on their way to Indiana to get some alone time and also to visit with Brandy again. So Clayton is happy with things are going so far except for the lack of intimacy. So hopefully when they get to Indiana and they stay in a hotel room, mom's not around. So there'll be some time for that. So it'll be the first time um, that she is leaving Kentucky since she's got to the States. So she's kind of like, well, if Kentucky has like horses, then what does Indiana have? And Clayton's kind of had a loss before coming up with like, I don't know, drugs and corn. Oh, God. I feel like this might describe a lot of states, actually. But anyway, <laughs> um, they're going to meet Brandy at an orchard to do some apple picking. Clayton hopes that this second meeting goes much better than their first meeting because at the end of the day, they just have to get along. So Annalise says she's not a submissive person, so if Brandy's going to keep things up, she's going to respond. So Brandy tells us that she wanted them to to come up there because she feels a little lot of bad about how things went down last time. She admits that she was being a huge bitch, and while she still may have her doubts about what's going on, she plans on keeping them to herself. So they go out to the orchard and pick all the crappy apples off the bottom branches, and Brandy apologizes for being a turd when they last met. Annalise says, okay, thanks for that. That makes me feel better. And Brandy keeps going to try to explain herself about how she got emotional, emotionally overloaded. And since she didn't want to take that out on her brother, she took it out on Annalie. Uh, then while they're picking, Annalie gets onto the phone to write a message that Clayton can translate. She wanted to get her thoughts down. So Annalie wants Brandy to understand how difficult it was for her to leave Peru and her sick mother. And when hearing all this stuff about the sick mothers helped Brandy a little bit better understand where Annalie is coming from. So it seems like they're going to be able to move forward from this, which means we can move on to talking about how, like, isn't it really hard to bang when mom's there? And apparently <laughs> Randy got pregnant when mom lived with her and he was like, well, how did that work? And she just like, just like this. And she bends over like, oh, God. Next thing was, <laughs> as a joke. So anyway, things are, now that things are patched up with Brandy, it's time for a romantic night at the hotel because it's been a month and he's. He's, as he says, getting uncomfortable. So while he has a whole bunch of – he sets up a whole bunch of electronic candles and he thinks a nice massage might be the way they get started. So he gets – while she's out or in the bathroom or something, he gets everything ready. The candles, some lube, a Rubik's Cube in case she falls asleep. 
And then he lays what he thinks is sensually on the bed, but it doesn't oh, do gosh. anything for her because she's just like, <laughs> you just look like a cow. Like, look at you. Splayed out. Just splayed out like a cow. And uh, she just wants to go to sleep. Well, maybe not asleep right away. She's willing to for, to get a massage. So he rubs her shoulders and starts trying to make out with her. But nah, she's not giving into it. So in an interview, he asks if she knows what blue balls are. And he's like, well, you know, it's when a man hasn't, you know, isn't making love or something. And it's like, and then your balls turn blue. Baby making. Yeah. He wants to make babies and the women isn't babies. And he's like, and your balls turn blue. Do you want to see? And she was like, no, that's gross. I don't need to see that. (laughs) So he's frustrated that they're not having any sex, but definitely doesn't want to pressure her into it. So, So I understand that he's pressured and it seems like. He's in a very bad way if his thought process was, well, sometimes my gross balls turn blue. Would you like to see that as a way of seeing my privates? No. No one's trying to look at that. Um, Although I am uh, interested, I guess, like what Annalise like kind of hold up is. Is it the fact that she is shy that the cameras are there and maybe she's you know, doesn't want it to kind of be known on camera, like, hey, I'm banging over here, you know, because people are a little bit more private, depending on, you know, how they were raised and how Mm -hmm. comfortable, like, the subject of sex is just in general. Right. So it could be that. And if that's the case, then I'm, you know, not really concerned. But it is, I think, concerning from his perspective if he doesn't know what's going on. And to him, it's like we were having sex and then all of a sudden it's like, nope, that's not an option. Because I, I do think that people sometimes gauge like, you know, their relationship on like changes or yes. like how yes, physically absolutely. intimate, you know, they no, are. Like, and that's a bad metric because I know mm-hmm. when when I was married and things were falling apart, I wasn't as worried about it because that part didn't change. Yeah. Right. That was still as frequent as it ever was. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, okay, there it is. I don't have to worry about anything because there's no changes in that area. Sure. And like it is a bad metric because it could be – I think you said a bunch of other things. I think Mm -hmm. the cameras are not the least of it. But Mm -hmm. I also think that there's a lot of people who – that changes for them when they get comfortable in a relationship, right? I right. Think it's, there's there's certainly the stereotype of, you know, people who when they were dating, when they were together before they were engaged, did it all the time and then they got mm-hmm. married and they just don't do it anymore, right? Right. It's it's infrequent, you know, the dead bedroom problem. And it, it's mm-hmm. a problem for some people and it's not a problem for other people. It's like if you just don't want it, you just don't want it. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even – it's like – and I don't know if it's something she can put or even put her finger on it. She's just like, I'm just not feeling it. Like, sorry, dude. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it does seem odd that it's like, you know, you've spent at yes, least a month that, apart. That it wasn't at least like once when you got back together. Right. right? Yes, right. for sure. Yeah. So I can see how he's feeling a little bit insecure. I don't know what that means at the end of the day. I, 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 I totally get that the insecurity is one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, hey, this is concerning to me because I thought that we had this physical connection. And if it's not there, like, is there something that's changed? Is it blah, 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 blah. Making it about blue balls is like. <laughs> yeah, probably not the way to go there. That's some 14-year-old bullshit. Like, <laughs> oh, you got, you're like, like, oh, you need to finish? Well, bathroom's right there. Like, go finish. Right. Like, you know, like, it's like, you don't have to deal with that. Like, it's okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, definitely. 
All right. So uh, we have seen all of our couples. We're getting a new couple next new week. New couple next week. That that yeah. That usually, I know, I'm worried about somebody having a quick switch breakup in the next couple of weeks that are going to justify yeah. having a new I guess new my person. money would be on Nikki and Igor. But yeah, man, mine too. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, out of the group you saw this week, who would you say is your student of the week? Uh, I said Annalie just mm-hmm. for being gracious enough with Brandy. And Brandy also there as a self-person. One of the few people we said without anybody like confronting her about it and just being like, wow, that was awful. I I, yeah. I sucked. <laughs> yeah, actually, I went with Brandy. I know it's been a long time since we've had like a more outskirt ancillary character right. be a student of the week. But I really appreciated the fact that she like owned up exactly like we, what you're saying without being prompted by Clayton and apologized mm-hmm. and said some very kind things and was warm in a way where Annalie was receptive to it and could be kind of more vulnerable about the fact that she was sad about leaving her mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, who was your dunce? I said Ashley this time. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, she did the, 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 and as goofy as the coffee thing was and really <laughs> yeah. frustrating, it really is talking trash in front of him twice she did it with her friends at the whatever yeah. scent store oh they were gosh, doing. Like yes. she literally brought him there so she could talk trash to him about him while with he, with him sitting there. That's just awful. It's an awful way to treat a partner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree, but I went with Gino. Just this gaslighting was so annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? All right. So my life lesson. I'm gonna direct it to Rob. Your potential future is means absolutely nothing. Oh my keep god! Saying, Think about the potential future. It's like, well, you know, my potential future is there's a potential future where I win Powerball. So therefore, uh, I when I think about how poor I am in the past, I would think about my potential future. Think about how poor I'm, how rich I might be if I won Powerball, and. So that means I'm a billionaire and you should treat me as such. Like you can't, there's no potential. You are your past and right now, but the future will make it as it is, but you can't sell yourself because my future, I, I, my future might, it says, even says potential, my future might be better. So stay with me. That's a ridiculous like assertion. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And he said it twice now and I'm like, shut up, Rob. It's not how it works. No, it's not how it works. Uh, my life lesson is for Ashley. Um, and I guess like almost everybody, it's, everybody has their coffee, whatever their vice is, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're consistently spending money on something that you don't necessarily need, but you are concerned about money, you should be thinking about, you know, do you really need that? You know, putting – I know those are the tough decisions. And I don't even think this is like – a prolific life lesson here, but you know, it's, it's something that I think is really difficult for people. Yeah, it is. And it, in terms of, it's especially in terms of things like that, like she's just like, well, yeah, all the money's going to be gone at the end of the month. And it was like, yeah, yes, because ridiculous. you spent it. Right. <laughs> because it had to be gone at the end of the month right. because you chose to spend it on things. And it's, you know what, people like her annoy me because they're the ones who, when I'm, when I'm looking out, when I'm a little tight on cash and I'm looking out, mm. like, what can I do to, or, you know, make, give a little more money. They're all like, stop getting Starbucks twice a day. I was like, I don't get Starbucks twice a day. <laughs> I cannot save any money doing that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know I get Starbucks, but that is because of all the gift cards I've accumulated you from students over the years. Gift cards. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Like, 
Yeah, but I I don't have a vice like that. I guess if my if I had to identify a vice, I could probably cut back on like takeout food. You know, that's all not always necessary. Yeah. Oh, I mean, mine would probably be alcohol. Like, I probably spend more than I need to on alcohol. <laughs> I guess I didn't really think about that, but yeah, probably. Yeah. There there are things. Everybody's got mm-hmm. their coffee, but yep. All right, uh, so I will be back again the same time next week with the same couples and an additional one. So, yep, yeah. we'll see everybody then. All right, so until then. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye.